Be a Capulet. Shall I hear more or shall I speak? Ah, tis but thy name that is my enemy. No, says Christie, say we were to that is it, love, love. Après tout, tout debout. Il n'y a qu'à s'intéresser aux choses et les trouver belles. Time has come. Catherine Bigelow! This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruin my whole life. Spoil? remember quite clearly, it was 1946, and I was four years old, my mother took me to see King Vidor's Duel in the Sun. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Babel, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. Well, I'm a man. Well, nobody's perfect. Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. Three artists in the presentation of the Palm Door. Adele, Leah, and Abdel, 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 Hi everybody, welcome to the Film What and Me podcast, episode 61, and love is in the air on this podcast episode uh, because it's Valentine's Day, and uh, we've decided uh, to uh, discuss our favourite on-screen couples, or at least some of uh, some of them. Anyway, um, joining me today, I've got the wonderful Audrey. Hello. Hello. And how are you? You okay? I'm I'm good. I'm very excited. I'm getting in the Valentine's Day mood. So, oh, what does that <laughs> sort of mean? The Valentine's Day mood? Does that mean like eating lots of chocolates or? Well, I feel like I don't like Valentine's Day normally um, because it's it's just kind of like a silly made up holiday. But I love rom coms and I love romantic movies. So watching those kind of makes me feel like okay, um, I'm I'm ready for Valentine's Day. <laughs> You're prepared. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good, good. That's what we like to hear. And Jeremy <laughs> is also joining me today. Hiya. Hi. How's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you in feeling very sort of in the Valentine's Day mood as well? Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm very much in the Valentine's Day mood right now. So I, I, I actually just talked to my girlfriend not too long ago. So. And uh, we were talking about our Valentine's Day plans, actually, too. So, so. Okay. Don't spoil anything yet. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Don't want to give it away. Um, yeah. So let's get into it. What, what makes a good on-screen couple? So uh, I'm going to open this out to you guys. What do you think really sort of defines uh, a good on-screen couple? chemistry I think is really important um I feel like having Ryan Gosling helps <laughs> just throwing that out there um 
Yeah, no, I think I think when films pay attention to the two people that they've paired together and actually make sure that they work well together, I think that's like the most important thing. And also not writing really um, problematic and sort of like red flaggy relationships as romantic is also helpful. I think that happens a lot in romance movies where like controlling is really sweet and it's like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like um, the notebook, his—I mean, it's got Ryan Gosling in, but his behavior is really worrying in that film. Yes, it especially at the beginning. Like, <laughs> won't like, take no for an answer. Yeah. It's like go out with me, or I'm going to like jump from this like uh, what's it the the Ferris, Ferris wheel. wheel? Oh my god, it's <laughs> oh. <That's> romantic. <laughs> Not great. Not great. <laughs> Uh, um, Jeremy, what do you think? Is there anything else aside from chemistry? or? Um... Um, well, I think just the idea of, like, if you see these characters, like, if you see them on screen, and you, you, you kind of have an understanding as to why they're in love with each other. Like, I think I've seen so many movies where you watch the this couple... And, like, you know in, like, real life, they would never be a couple. They're just, like, they're sort of, like, together for the sake of being in the movie. And, and they have to be together because that's the way the plot is supposed to go. But um, but I think, like, when you genuinely see the couple falling in love with each other and you know, and, and there's a reason behind it, uh, like, they are me- like, when you know that they're meant to be together... I think that's what makes such a good relationship and, and what makes a good romance too. So, Yeah. It's a, um, do you, I don't know whether you're kind of like me, but I really hate it when you think there's just, uh, the, it's like they've just put a romantic sort of storyline in there and it seems a bit forced. I get like a good yeah. example would be, you know, Avengers age of Ultron with, um, black widow and the Hulk. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. thought, like, why are they putting that in the film? It, you know, they didn't have any sort of romantic interest in each other in the beginning of that film, and, you know, in the first film, and now they're suddenly sort of trying to shoehorn this romantic relationship, and I don't buy it. Like, yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I definitely feel like you should not be telling me how much they're in love. Like, I should be able to pick up on that. And also, I I think there's, like, a lot to be said for a couple that feels real and has, like, a cool vibe when it's just sort of the calmer moments in their life and not just, like, the huge romantic gestures and and stuff like that. Where it's sort of like, I'm thinking of um, the couple from Cold War, where they were really good at nailing these huge, big, romantic, like, moments, but then they were like sniping at each other the rest of the time i still loved them but it's like i don't know there's something to be said for that that cozy feeling in a couple where they could just be sitting and watching tv together and they're just like really happy and content that's kind of nice too yeah yeah and i suppose we're going to give our sort of uh, a top couples that we've picked but let's um have our worst couples any any sort of on-screen couples that spring to mind that you just think, oh my god, that's just, uh, what is going on there? Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ed and Bella, Edward and Bella, not not um, 
Not my fave, I have to say. Love Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart's fine too, but that's a that's a bad relationship. Yeah, it's a creepy yeah. relationship. Doesn't he like want he's he tried like one of the worst romantic lines ever is like he confesses to sneaking into her bedroom because he likes watching her sleep. Yeah, like he doesn't <laughs> sleep, so he just watches her, and then also he doesn't want her to go somewhere at one point, and so he just like takes the engine out of her truck. Oh god, and... I can't even. I feel, I feel so <laughs> he, he's just like, well, you can't now, so it's not great. <laughs> that is just yeah. Uh, to never date a vampire because it doesn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jeremy? Is there a sort of any uh, oh, terrible I'm... couple? <laughs> well, um, I'm probably gonna get a lot of flack for this, and um, but I I have to say I can't, like, and and I I don't know if it's just because I don't I'm not a particular fan of the movie. But I know a lot of people are, and I apologize to those people. But I, I have to say, uh, Jack and Rose from Titanic. Yeah. <gasps> <Awesome>. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, and that's the podcast. See you guys that's- later, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't know. Like, uh, I, I just. Maybe it's just the maybe it's just a criticism of the movie itself, and and just that that I just found that type of love story to be a little forced. Don't presume to tell me what I will and will not do. You don't know me. Well, you would have done it already. You're distracting me. Go away. I can't. I'm involved now. You let go, and I'm I'm gonna have to jump in there after you. Don't be absurd. You'll be killed. I'm a good swimmer. The fall alone would kill you. It would hurt. I'm not saying it wouldn't. I'll tell you the truth, I'm a lot more concerned about that water being so cold. How cold? Freezing. Maybe a couple degrees over. I guess, like, they did sort of, they did love each other and everything, and I don't know. I'm. I guess I'm just one of those that, like, saw that there was a lot of room for Jack on that <laughs> on, on the uh, on that on that board that Rose was on like Rose could have brought Jack on there with her but cuz I, I actually I saw it when I was really young and I saw it with my dad actually so maybe the, I should have seen it with like with like like I wasn't dating anyone at the time but my dad really loved shipwrecks and he wanted to see Titanic because of the shipwreck and, and so I guess we weren't prepared for the love story. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Imagine going into Titanic, like, just being like, yeah, I'm going to see a ship sink. There's going to be no <laughs> romance. And then the huge surprise and disappointment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I know. <laughs> let's, let's move away from the negative and concentrate on the positive here. Um, <laughs> so let's get into our t- sort of top three romantic couples. Um, so... Audrey, would you like to go first? What's your, uh, who is your first couple, even? Sure, yeah. So I tried to go for sort of like an older Hollywood theme. Um, so my first couple is Anita and Bernardo from West Side Story. Because they're just so, 
they're like a really cool combination of fiery and passionate, but also you can really feel the love that exists between the two of them. But they're also really fun. Like, they just, they kind of, like, snipe at each other, but it's in a cute way, and I just think they work really well together. Like, arguably much better than Maria and Tony in West Side Story, who are that kind of classic, like, well, we just met, but we're in love, and we'll, like, die for each other now, and it's it's a little intense. But I, I feel I can relate a little bit more to Anita and Bernardo, who, like, they've been together, they put the work in, like, this is a solid relationship, so I love them, and they're just... So beautiful and so amazing. Yeah, the, I think that I that I really like about the couple Anita and Bernardo is like that they're very much the B couple in West Side Story. Like they are not who the movie is about. They are just sort of like this little like really sweet couple on the side that are just really fun and they have you know maybe a couple songs, but they're not the the huge bombastic romantic relationship that the movie centered around. And is there, like, one scene in the film that sort of depicts their love? Well, I think America is, is like, it shows the playful side of their of their relationship. How, because um, it's basically a face-off between Bernardo and his guys and then Anita and her girls. And they're, Anita and her, her friends are singing about all the great things about America. And the, the guys are kind of reminding them, like racism like maybe we should have stayed in puerto rico like all this stuff and um they get a lot of like digs in in each other but it's like it's cute so brilliant first pick from audrey and moving on to jeremy what's your first pick well i sort of also i i I also picked a, a couple of 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 classic movies as well and i guess my first pick uh, is um, Nick and Nora Charles from uh, the Thin Man series of movies, which is uh, William Powell and Myrna Loy. Uh, I guess, like for for classic movie buffs, the Thin Man, uh, the Thin Man movies are just a delight. They're part mystery and part comedy, and like kind of screwball comedy from the 1930s as well. And but the real reason you go back to watching the Thin Man movies is because of the chemistry between William Powell and Myrna Loy as Nick and Nora. They just fill the screen with this witty witty banter that goes back and forth. They enjoy martinis. They have parties. And then they solve mysteries in their time, basically. Someone to see you, dear. Well, that's good. I'm afraid I have to go to sleep. Come on, get up out of that bed and let me straighten this up. You're worse than an infant. Funny. I think those blankets must be a little cockeyed. Mm. Right, Esther? There. You've got the funniest look on your face I ever saw in my life. Hurry up, go on out there. That man's waiting for you. I gotta talk to you. I want you to tell me something. I want you to give it to me straight. Get me? Hey, would you mind putting that gun away? My wife doesn't care, but I'm a very timid fellow. You idiot. Esther, ask him. All right, shoot. I mean, uh, uh, what's on your mind? I know, like a lot of a lot of movies at the time, like the screwball comedies, usually ended with people getting married and then they live happily ever after. And you never really see them as married as a married couple. But in this, in in the Thin Man series, they start off as they're a married couple already, and um, it's just wonderful to see them just uh, play around 
with each other all the time. It's sort of like that if you ever want to get married, it's the, the ideal of, of what you want marriage to be. is just like you're having a good time with that person and you're just sharing laughs with each other and you're having you're having these little adventures with each other and uh and you never stop loving that person that's that's through the whole i think there's about six thin man movies and through the whole series you know they're just in love they're just as in love with each other as they were in the first movie and and the witty banter never stops and the the martinis never stop and and it it's just like that. It's just like I think it's like the best marriage that's ever been put on movies, in my opinion. So, <laughs> you know, we we follow them for so many movies as well. Like you say, you never really sort of see, uh, you know, after what happens once they get married. So it's a, it's a great way of sort of watching that like relationship unfold. And and I think uh, like it. it if it had just been like a straight out normal sort of like drama it might not have been like as entertaining but you throw in a bit of mystery in there and like you say some martinis the the recipe for a perfect sort of movie and yeah i think i think there's a scene in the first thin man movie that i think like encapsulates their relationship so well is when um nick is uh he's comforting like this young woman in their bedroom because her father, she's afraid her father has been killed or something. And she's crying on his shoulder and they're alone in their bedroom together. And then, and then Nora just happens to walk in on them. And in any other movie, there would be like a fight between the husband. But then all they do is like, Nick just makes a face at Nora and Nora makes another face at them and you know that you know it's sort of that trust between them like Nora would never think Nick would ever have a young lady in uh in their bedroom with no good reason and you know that it and and you know it's just it's just playful with them it's just they they understand each other and it's and uh and it's just with those looks between the two of them I just think it perfectly shows what what they were to each other so so I love that. That's a really good one. And I think that I, I like the sort of old picks that you guys are going for because uh, all my, my films are quite recent. So um, my first one is, uh, well, they're all from 2017, but um, this one is my favourite film of 2017, which was Phantom Fred. And I've gone for obviously uh, Reynolds, Woodcock and Alma. Um, so uh, Woodcock is played by the wonderful Daniel Day-Lewis and Alma is played by the also amazing, wonderful Vicky uh, Krebs. And what I love about this film is that um, they seem like the most unlikely couple because, you know, she's quite free-spirited and he's a bit of an obsessive um, asshole. Uh, and he's sort of so uh, caught up in his work and and, you know so one track minded like all he thinks about is is, you know is making dresses and um, his designs and uh, he doesn't really sort of like care for people and he's kind of very you know, often speaks down to her, and it's a very condescending manner. And there's some scenes where you're just like, "Oh my god, how is she 
not losing her temper. Uh, and I think perfect scene of this is, you know, uh, when they're at the breakfast table and, and she's like, like spreading her jam on the toast. And it's like every little sound is amplified. But I think, you know, she's obviously aware that she's doing that and she does it in order to sort of like wind him up in a way. And I think it's brilliant is like how she takes you know, takes him on and isn't afraid to sort of like speak her mind. And she brings him down a few pegs and makes him realise like, you know, I probably shouldn't be acting this way. I need to sort of, you know, she sort of then is his equal in that respect. And my all-time favourite scene has to be um, when she prepares dinner for him and he whines about how the asparagus was cooked um which is just such a wonderful scene of like the dialogue and the acting and the the even though it's not a very romantic scene they're actually having an argument i think it, it says a lot about how sort of similar their characters are, are at the same and at the same time as well as being different and that's kind of like they the why they're so wonderfully paired and I just think that film kind of is is showing how, like, you know, there is someone out there for everyone and um, how you can't just have one thing in your life and that be work. You do have to have relationships and that sometimes that it's what, you know, falling in love helps us keep grounded. And Don't act so tough. I know you are not. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If I don't protect myself, somebody will come in the middle of the night and take over my corner of the room and ask me about their fucking asparagus. Don't be a bully. Don't there are other bully. things I'd like to do with my time. It's my time. I have no idea my what time. I'm doing here in your time. What am I doing here? I'm standing around like an idiot, waiting for you. Waiting for what? Waiting for you. Waiting for what? Waiting for you to get rid of me. To tell me to leave. So tell me. So I don't stand around like a fucking fool. Asparagus. Is this all about your asparagus? No, it's not then? about what asparagus. What the hell is it about? Are you a special agent sent here to ruin my evening and possibly my entire Why life? Why are you so rude to me? Why are you talking to me like this? Is this like my this? house? This is my house, yes, isn't it? Is, is this house. my house? Of course it's your or house. Or did somebody drop me on what foreign soil behind enemy lines? You I'm surrounded on all sides. It's you who brought me here. When the hell did this happen? Who are you? Do you have a gun? You're here to kill me? Hmm? Do you have a gun? Stop it! Where's your gun? Stop being a Where's child. Where's your gun? Stop playing. Show me your gun. Stop playing this game. Such, I just love like the, the dialogue and the sort of interactions between them. And it starts off so sort of sweet, you know, when she comes to take his order for breakfast and she remembers everything after his long list of crazy stuff and how he has his jam and <laughs> yeah, they're a really, really interesting couple, and I, I feel like they, they do balance each other out in certain ways, but they have sort of the same instincts on a lot of things, like you were saying, so, um, yeah, they're, Phantom Thread is a movie that I didn't get, I don't think, when I first saw it, but it's a movie that I think about probably more than, like, most other movies, I'm, it always pops back in my head and it's stuck with me and I've kind of reevaluated the longer that it's, I've been sitting with it. So 
it's yeah i really like that couple it's a good pick when i i think when i first watched it i would agree that it was i thought i was watching one movie when it turns out it, it turned out to be a a movie that i wasn't really expecting to see like i was you kind of expect the the, the sort of relationship where she would she would take like she would she would leave him because he's so kind of toxic and into his work and all that but she kind of stands on her own and then she's and you can see that how she's just in her in her own way she's making this relationship work and which i was not not which i was not expecting to see when i watched this movie for the first time and and so it was one of those where i had to think about it more and um audrey who's your second couple so my number two couple is Johnny and Linda from Holiday. So it's Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn, um, you know, like a power couple, if you've ever seen one. And it's just really interesting because Johnny um, is kind of this unconventional guy who's been working most of his young life and decides like, no, I'm just going to take off and go travel and do things. And then, you know, I've worked long enough. I'll go back and work later when I'm old. And I kind of do want to just be sitting in one place and have security and stuff. And he's engaged to uh, this woman, Julia, who's like from this rich family. And they have certain expectations of the people who are going to be marrying into the family. The two of them have fairly recently met. They met together on vacation and got engaged kind of uh, probably not smart <laughs> decision making but um and then uh she brings him home to meet the family and one of the members of the family is linda who is played by katherine hepburn and she's it's it's probably one of her more charming performances she's just this sweet eccentric person who's completely over all of the airs that her family puts on and she would be kind of perfectly happy just not needing to keep pushing to be richer and richer and richer and just sort of, you know, live her own life. She's sort of the black sheep of the family. And um, they're sort of drawn to each other, even though he's engaged to her sister. And uh, a lot happens. Arguments and discussions are had. But I just think they're a really, really interesting couple. They have a lot of chemistry together. And they just sort of seem to bring out um, a certain energy in one another that's really fun to watch. How's your garden grow, Case? Is life wonderful where you are? Can be. But it hasn't been? Well, I don't call what I mean doing living. And what do you recommend for yourself, Doctor? A holiday. Follow. As long as I need. You mean just to play? No. No, I've been working since I was 10. I want to find out why I'm working. The answer can't be just to uh, pay bills and to pile up more money. And even if you do, the government's going to take most of it. Yes, but what is the answer? Well, I don't know. That's what I intend to find out. I think that the way that both characters are written bring the natural, charming qualities of um, Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn to a high point <laughs> that isn't seen. In, I mean, they're always charming in all of their films, but it kind of is amped up in Holiday. They're wonderful. I don't think, like, I don't think we'll ever really get anyone as good as them, really. Aside from Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, but, you know. I, I really think they're the closest we have to that old kind of Hollywood pairing. Yeah. I, I just wanted to say that Holiday is just one of my absolute favorite movies, which I actually watch every year. 
every like new it for me it's like a my new year's eve movie and because there is a new year's eve scene that's that's rather poignant in it and i like I almost was actually going to pick it as one of my picks too, but I I absolutely adore the movie and you're right, like everything like about Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn together and um I love what the movie is saying and everything. It's like one of my absolute favorites. Oh. So Jeremy, what's your second pick? Uh another classic movie. Um and I picked this mostly because the the people in it the, the two people in it who fall in love in the movie also fell in love in real life. And uh, that's to have and have not uh, with Humphrey Bogart and Lauren, Lauren Bacall. And I just, I love this movie because I guess it, it, to me, it's what I was saying before about like when you're actually watching people fall in love on screen. And when you're watching this movie, you see the chemistry between Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, and it's so uh, palpable that, like, you you can just you like the sexual tension between the two of them is so tense, like you can't even cut it with a knife. What'd you do that for? Been wondering whether I'd like it. What's the decision? I don't know yet. even better when you help. Uh, sure you won't change your mind about this? Uh-huh. This belongs to me and so do my lips. I don't see any difference. Oh, I do. Okay. You know you don't have to act with me, Steve. You don't have to say anything and you don't have to do anything. Not a thing. Oh, maybe just whistle. You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow. The the way they look at each other, um, the way they speak to each other, you just feel that they are literally... I think it, to me it's like the time when I feel like they. it looks like they're actually falling in love. Like if these were real people, I would totally by the fact that they were falling in love and you knew and then when you hear about the behind the scenes how they were actually falling in love in real life too um i love the way like when you watch humphrey bogart look at lauren bacall he never even looked at ingrid bergman in casablanca that way i feel like he he just there is like a way that they looked at each other that to me just is embedded in my mind that i've never seen it before or since on screen it's uh, it's almost like they were just—they just dropped all of their inhibitions, all and and they were just—they were just talking to each other like they were Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall talking to each other, like just seeing them together and knowing what was going on behind the scenes and how they—they they kind of formed this long-lasting relationship and until Bogart's death, anyway. I love that film so much, and I, I really love the dialogue as well. They really help, like, bring out to life as well. Like, you know, even if a, a script is, is well written, it takes an actor to perform those lines and to, to you know, to bring it to life in, in that way. And I think that is obviously down to them having, you know, that relationship that was developing, you know, in real life. 
So moving on to my second couple, I've gone for uh, Elio and Oliver from Call Me By Your Name. I really just, I don't know what to even say about this movie, just the simple fact that it's, it's beautiful and it's so touching and it's just so, it's just like, um, you know, the, the sort of moments between them seem so real uh, and authentic and it's just like a really sort of heartbreaking film as well. I mean, I think, you know, the there wasn't a dry eye in the cinema when we got to when I was watching it and, and it came to the ending which is just I don't want to obviously give anything away but it it's a it's a really powerful ending and I think there's something kind of um, interesting about how their relationship develops as well like you know it sort of unfolds and I think it's quite a sort of it's a, it's a really great performance by both actors. Um, Timothy Chalamet is—he's just wonderful, isn't he? It's just like it gives such a great performance, and I think um, he was wasn't really—it's uh, really frustrating because so many great performances were, you know, came out in 2017. But also, Army Hammer is is fantastic, and it it felt like it could really happen, and it felt like it was you know the 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 performances that they were given and the reaction, and it just felt very sort of like you just wanted them to be together. Audrey, who's your third and final couple? My third couple is uh, Professor Potts and Sugarpuss from Ball of Fire. And what I like about them is that they are proof that like opposites attract and that sometimes it's really fun to have a couple where each person balances out the other in terms of their temperament and their life experience. And basically, um, Bertram Potts is this... Um, Ling linguists professor like he's a he studies language and he's working with a bunch of other um like scientists and academics to put together a new encyclopedia and he's very focused it's it's gary cooper and he's kind of playing against type because he's just a big nerd in this movie um he's mm -hmm. like they're they're all just living in this big house together and working together constantly and they can't have any distractions all of these men together they're like they sort of remind me of the Seven Dwarfs, like, because they're just all these kind of old men, except for Gary Cooper, just, you know, living an isolated existence, writing an encyclopedia. And then Sugarpuss comes into their lives, who's played by Barbara Stanwyck, and she is like a lounge singer, and she's on the run because her gangster boyfriend is in trouble, and all this stuff's happening, and she sort of... Um, ingratiates herself into their life and but sort of turns everything upside down and she's helping them learn like contemporary slang so that's like her role um, but they're really 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 cute together and um, it's it's such a, an interesting and dynamic couple because of how different they are but there's something about them they're just really really good and yeah, and, and surprisingly funny, I think, too, because the chemistry is there, but they also are just, like, really funny in their interactions with each other. So it's kind of probably, like, one of my favorite uh, Gary Cooper 
movies, even though it's not at all like what he normally does. I'm going to go anyway. I guess I might as well spill it. Spill it? Spill what? Why do you suppose I came here in the first place? For the help of the research. I did not. I came on account of you. Me? And not on account of you needed some slang. On account of because I wanted to see you again. Miss O'Shea, the construction, on account of because outrages every grammatical law. So what? I came on account of because I couldn't stop thinking about you after you left my dressing room. On account of because I thought you were big and cute and pretty. Pretty? Yeah, I mean you. Oh, maybe I'm just crazy, but to me you're a regular yum-yum type. Yum-yum? Yeah, don't you know what that means? No, we never got to that. Well, we got to it now, and I'm glad it's out. I don't give a hoop whether the others went for me. You're the one I'm wacky about, just plain wacky. Can you understand that? Please, Miss oh, O'Shea. Please, nothing. Maybe you can generate or whatever it is for all that suppressed business, but I can't. No, I'm too tall. That's one I definitely have to seek out. So, great pick, Audrey. I love it. I love all these old picks. These are wonderful. <laughs> Especially seeing as mine are all sort of like con- relatively contemporary films. So... Yeah, kind of balances it all out. So wonderful. <laughs> um, Jeremy, so who's your third couple? Um, so my third couple is I, I actually did go for one contemporary movie for my last couple. Uh, and this is this is probably my favorite kind of romance movie that has come out in the last few years. Um, it's uh, it's the couple from Once. And uh, which is uh, kind of like, kind of like one of those um, sleeper hit movies that came out, uh, I think, about ten years ago. They actually don't have names. I think they're just referenced as guy and girl uh, in the movie. But uh, they're played by Glenn Hansart and Marketa Erglova, um, who I guess, kind of going with the theme of Bogart and Bacall, actually did that they were a couple in real life for for a time uh, after this movie was made. They're, they're real musicians. Um, and so in the movie, they, they come together just kind of by chance. Uh, she's um, she's selling flowers in the street one day, and uh, he's he's uh, busking with his guitar. And, and then they go home together. Uh, you can see that there's something between them right away that they just sort of... Uh, almost instantly connect and he takes he takes her home to to listen to just some music that he's that he's been trying to write and uh and then she accompanies him on the piano and uh and then they they start playing uh the song that won the oscar that year which is falling slow which is still one of my favorite songs from any movie when they start playing that song and and right then and there, like, you fall in love with these two people. Like, you know that there's instant chemistry between them. Falling slowly, eyes that know me, and I can't go back. The moods that take me and erase me. And I'm 
it's just like that feeling you get when you see two people just just um just sparring off each other like whether it's musically or anything else and and as the movie progresses like he he wants to make he wants to make an album he asks her to to help her out with making the album and um and you know there's this sort of this coy relationship uh but he's like like he sells vacuums for his father's store uh and she has she has a she has a baby daughter at home and um it's sort of like this brief encounter type of scenario where they just kind of come come in each other's lives for this moment and uh you you root for them to be together um and uh you know in real life it doesn't always come that way but it's it's just it's so heartening to see their relationship come together and how they kind of express how they feel with each other through music and how they help each other out with their collaboration and and I think that's that's really what it is uh, like what they're trying to say about relationships how it is a collaboration how you play off one another and how you help each other out and uh, I just love their relationship together in that movie and I think it's it's just a, a wonderful uplifting movie and I I remember a- after I saw the movie for the first time in the theater, I went to the nearest music store and I bought the soundtrack and uh, I still have it to this day and I listen to it uh, every now and then. So it's it's a definitely a special movie for me. Yeah, I really I haven't seen that film since I think it came out. And it's definitely one that I really want to go revisit. Um, I, I just do sort of remember about how wonderful their performances were and and you can like you say there's just something that is beautiful about seeing their sort of chemistry on screen and and watching it like just you know just seem like again like a really sort of real grounded couple like you could believe that Mm -hmm. these you know that they exist in in this sort of reality and the fact that i think they were both they were both non-actors but it doesn't really come they're so natural together that i think that's what really speaks for their performance is that just the way that they bounced off each other it didn't really matter that they never really were in front of a camera before it was just that that natural chemistry that that really i gravitated towards as well so. um so lastly my pick is the couple from the wonderful film on body and soul which came out in yes you guessed it 2017 <laughs> <laughs> um, on the surface it's like a really strange film um it's set in the slaughterhouse which doesn't seem like the most romantic um of places uh but you know uh, it's not really about uh, the, the workings of this slaughterhouse, so don't let that pl- put you off. It's just a place where they can meet. Um, and it's this couple um, who are kind of are very similar in a lots, lots of ways. Um, so there's a man called Andre um, who is sort of uh, management in, in this um, slaughterhouse, and, and he's kind of quiet keeps to himself he's sort of very devoted to his work as you can see like I have a, a lot of things about men who were devoted to their work I don't know why I just find it interesting like and then there comes a woman and she sort of brings them outside 
and shows him there's more to life than just work. Um, but it, so his his world is kind of very grey, and he does everything by the book, uh, and he's very sort of um, uh, very closed off from his emotions. And then one day, um, this woman called Maria um, comes to, to work in in the factory. Um, she's sort of testing the meat for quality, and she's just a very strange woman. Um, just because she doesn't really know how to interact with people, she's very sort of um, uh, blunt with people, and finds it. There's this wonderful little scenario when later on in the film, she's trying to role play about how to speak to people. And she's got the like little Lego people, and she's pretending to act out a scenario where she go- goes up to someone's table and says hello to them. And she's using Lego people in order to sort of practice that, and I think that's just like wonderful mm-hmm. about her character. And these, t- uh, what sort of um, brings this couple together is a very strange dream that they seem to be sharing, um, where they b- dream that they're dears and in their dream i know that sounds really weird <laughs> i did say it's a very strange film but it's, it was a wonderful film in their dream they're both dears and they both um have this relationship together in their dream as dears and it's this really strange thing where they they have a scenario where there's something happens in the factory i think there's a crime that takes place and they get talking to a psychologist who's interviewing everybody and the psychologist Bring, goes on to like all psychologists do when they're talking to people about people's dreams and she discovers that two people the same uh, Andre and Maria are having the same dream no. together but the the relationship is very strange because obviously they've both got they're both very closed off and can't really open up and they're you know with their emotions and um it's i won't really spoil what happens but it's a very sort of slow very poetic film and it is really well shot and uh, the performances are amazing and i think it's a very interesting film on how it sort of takes on the concept of love and and what happens when you're not this sort you're not like you're not like Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn or Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall type of characters you you know you're not that sort of got that sort of energy to you <laughs> uh, and, and how like again there's like what I like is this idea that there's someone out there for everyone in the world and even people who seem like because not many people like Maria they find her very odd and this is brings her a lot lots of pain because she can't really sort of 
function well. She doesn't know how to talk to people. And um, she's very, you know, people think she's weird and they're quite horrible. And, you know, there's a lot of men who seem to, you know, think she's a bit of uptight and how she sort of, you know, doesn't respond to their sort of advances. Um, and it's really interesting to see that, you know, that sort of take on how relationships can form and how, you know, sometimes it's not it's not really like how you see it in, in the films, which, you know, even though it's a film. Um, but so- well, I just added it to my letterbox account as on my watch list, <laughs> so I will definitely check it out. Um, so thank you so much for listening everyone at home and yeah you can catch us uh, at uh, filmotomy.com and you can get us at iTunes and we're also on Stitcher now so uh, leave us a review and um, subscribe yeah happy Valentine's Day guys (laughs) happy Valentine's Day happy Valentine's Day